A beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. You are about to enter a world where the unexpected... Many dangers exist on Arrakis. The unknown... An incredible secret has been kept on this planet. And the unbelievable meet. I see two great houses. Where kingdoms are built on Earth that moves. We have worm sign the likes of which even God has never seen. And skies are filled with fire. The prophecy which will cleanse the universe and bring us out of darkness. Where a young warrior is called upon to free his people. A world that holds creation's greatest treasure. He who controls the spice controls the universe. And greatest terrors. A world where the mighty... This is genocide. The deliberate and systematic destruction of all life on Arrakis. The mad. <laughs> I will kill him! I will love you forever. And the magical... Father, the sleeper has awakened! ...will have their final battle. Long live the fighters! Not show the slightest pity or mercy. Emperor, we come for you. Dune, a spectacular journey through the wonders of space and the mysteries of time. From the boundaries of the incredible to the borders of the impossible. Now, Frank Herbert's widely read, talked about, and cherished masterpiece comes to the screen. Dino De Laurentiis presents Dune, a world beyond your experience, beyond your imagination. Thank you.
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tomb Boys, everybody. <laughs> with your uh, with your hosts, it's me, G- uh, me Jeff. It's me, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I'm and we're here uh, today. Uh, yeah, we're here today with Uncle Howard. How's it going, Uncle Howard? Oh, I'm doing pretty bad. Uh, I I got uh, the vaping disease, and I don't have oh. much time left on this uh, beautiful earth of ours. So I'm glad I'm spending it with you. I guess I'm doing good. That's good. That's good. It's a shame to hear. What what's the what what is the vaping? I've heard about people. Yeah, what's going on with that? What's what's are how are you feeling? Are you doing okay? Oh, I I mean in a lot of ways I've never felt better. It's such a relief to know that I will finally be done with this garbage on earth and, you know, ascend to my rightful place in heaven. So I'm I'm keeping a positive perspective, but on the other hand, uh um, uh, it, you, you, you know the movie The Abyss where they breathe the goo at the end? Yeah, yeah, the goo, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's basically like that all the time. Like, even air <sighs> is, like, breathing goo to me now. Just like The Abyss. James Cameron's The Abyss. Yeah, it's his best movie. Most people agree. I don't know. Terminator's pretty dope. Uh, uh, are we going to get into a movie argument right off the top of the... Is, I, I just want to say there's only one movie that has a water bubble person. Mm. It's true. That's true. You got me there. <laughs> um I think um when someone says I'm dying, your your first thing you say to them should not be How, how are, are you doing? doing? <laughs> how are you feeling? It's it's well understood that I don't necessarily exist in the same uh, laws of physics and thermodynamics as everyone else. It's a fair question. Well, that uh, that makes sense. That ties in with uh, what we're talking about today with uh, with the Dune movie with traveling through space. Yeah. Traveling through space and time. Taking melange. Yes, that sweet, sweet spice melange. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, today we'll be discussing the 1984 motion picture Dune. Yes. Yeah. Both written and directed by David Lynch, which explains so very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you guys how familiar you are with David Lynch's works, because... I've seen bits and pieces, and my history is I've either liked them or could not understand a damn thing that's going on, except certain groups of people love them and praise them to high heaven, and I'm just not getting it. Well, which ones have you? Which ones have you seen? You've seen Dune, and what else did you see? Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Okay. The Elephant Man, which was good. And Elephant Man's dope. I gave up watching Twin Peaks about five times. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, it's uh, Twin Peaks is a lot. It's, it's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, it's uh, and that's that's all you've seen. You haven't seen. Uh, oh shit! Now I'm blanking on them. Why? What's going on with my Lost brain right Highway, now? Lost Highway, Blue Velvet. Lost Highways, Eraserhead, Blue Velvet. Yes, I've seen none of them. Yes. <laughs> oh, Eraserhead was weird. <laughs> Blue Velvet was. I think I like Blue Velvet. I think yeah, Blue Velvet's Blue Velvet's Dennis great. Hopper and, yeah. A lot of Paps Blue Ribbon talk. Uh, before we get uh, too deep in here, we got to do a hydration check. What do you got? What are you drinking there, Jeff? Oh, this is where I do my favorite thing online, which is um, yeah. reaction videos. Oh, okay. I have finally obtained the um, Rain Total Body Fuel Orange Dreamsicle. Oh, first time. First, this is the first time you've gotten it. Yeah, I'm gonna try it live on air and then. <laughs> Hopefully it's good. If not, I'm going to be spitting it on my computer and destroying the show. Oh, no. We can't have that. 
Oh, it's really good. Oh, okay. There we yeah. go. Okay, that's Where does my it review. rank in the Rain Pantheon? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm placing it um, right below Carnival mm. Candy. Oh. And bottom place for me. Right after that, the blue... <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, I'm in the minority of the Rain Drinkers because I'm one yeah. of the few that actually like the Cotton Candy one. You love controversy, Can't do it. Jeff. You're, a, you're an Eric Bischoff type. You do, you do court it, yeah. I have the hottest takes. <laughs> you do have some. You do, you do drop some spicy ones. No, I think I enjoy people getting mad at the dumbest shit you could ever imagine, and seeing their reactions. Yeah, I do like. Uh, oh boy. When you see somebody and they're just like, oh boy. you know, like I hate eggplants, and then everyone's like, you don't know anything. Like, dude yeah. just doesn't want to eat an eggplant parmesan. It's not that big a deal. Um. Howard, what do you got? Uh, what are you drinking, man? Uh, I'm still reeling from the admission that uh, cotton candy is good to Jeff. Uh, I'm I'm drinking not my favorite rain flavor. I you know what? I gotta be real with everybody. I don't think a lot of rain flavors are like stellar. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, I know, I know. I I guess I'm a little bit of a uh, heat magnet myself. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. drinking a rain total body fuel lemon HDZ. Because I was feeling a little sleepy. Before that, I took a uh, an energy shot that was sold for ninety nine cents called Tweaker, um, and <laughs> that worked. And also, I hate Tweaker. That I bought that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I posted a picture on my Twitter and said, uh, "Getting ready for Dune Boys, ready to die, or something like that." Uh, I'm ride on, or die. Yeah, I'm also drinking a ten pin brewing head pin. India pale ale that's smooth and crisp. Mm, so that sounds delicious. Cool. Tweaker sounds like a dollar store energy shot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those I, things where strange. I wouldn't trust. <laughs> oh, I I was very sure it was a bad idea, but I thought, you know, I, I'm already dying of the vaping disease. Might as well, uh, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. It is kind of strange, though, that you would name, um, you know, your 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 beverage after a, uh, you know, slang term for a drug addict of a given drug. Like you would, yeah, yeah. Are, are they going to start having like, uh, you know, sleeping like over the counter sleeping pills called, you know, like junkie or, or something like that? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, Get the nods. Get the nods. Yeah, it's it's. A little, oh God. Yeah, I shouldn't have supported these guys. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Who cares? It worked. I was like eyes closing asleep, and now I'm ready to punch through a Superman. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, no, it's um, it it can be hard. Uh, it can be hard adapting to uh, 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 things such as uh, Tweaker. There, yeah. it sounds like yeah, and death. <laughs> yeah, and death. Yeah. <laughs> The sweet release of death. I actually died a couple minutes ago, but um, the tweaker oh, got me up on my feet. It's pretty good. Still going. Yeah. Still going. <laughs> this is like Crank, the movie Crank, where yeah. <laughs> no. if you don't do a shot of tweaker every, what is it, two hours, you die. You know what? Uh, tweaker was only 99 cents. That ain't going to break my bank. Uh, you want me to buy a thing and send one to each of you fellas? I'll do it. Oh, please. Right. Sounds pretty, uh, that sounds pretty sweet. All right. I'll uh, program a reminder in my phone, <laughs> so I'll pick it up tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. 
by Tweaker. What kind of phone you? What, what, what kind of what kind of phone are you rocking? You still got like one of those flip phones? Oh or what's yeah, going on? I got. I, well, I got a cool one. I, you heard of okay. Motorola Razors? Yeah, it, Razor. It's like, yeah, it's like a phone. I mean, it, but it's really thin. Yeah, oh, it's cool, and it's got all the colors on the screen. All the colors. Mm-hmm. Cutting edge. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like, yeah, like uh, my fantastic. favorite movie. <laughs> the Cutting Edge. Yeah. What is that? that? It's a it's an '80s rom com. I can't remember who's it starring, but uh, it's about a, a hockey player who gets injured and has to cut his hockey career short. So, so he goes into the uh, other uh, ice skating sport that's far easier on your knees and spine than ice hockey. Uh, competitive, uh, you know, flippy ice skating, whatever it's called, oh, figure skating. Yeah. Figure skating, and yes. And he takes up with a haughty but beautiful figure skater who finds him just to be a low-life jock thug, but they both win each other over. And oh. a gold medal. Sick. Yeah. It's That's a- all you could ever want. Yeah, today's episode of Dune Boys is about the cutting edge. Yes, we're going to be discussing the plot and the, the characters, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic time. Um, that I'm... is pretty much how the show goes, anyway. So <laughs> yeah. you're, you're pretty much in it already. Yeah, yeah. This uh, was would this have been the original um, <clears throat> dance movie uh, that's been no. redone eight thousand times? Well, oh, I don't think well, so. Well, it's like the ice dance movie, I guess. Let's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to look it up briefly. Um, I don't think we've still gotten your. It is. What beverages are you drinking, Dick? Because I'm curious now. Oh, I've got a gin and tonic going tonight. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit classy. Yeah. A bit of a G and T, a what? A little G and T, yes, with a little bit of lime in it. Um, and uh, we're feeling pretty good. And a little out, jazz cigarette. Yeah, we're we're doing oh, all right. Now you're talking my language. Uh, yeah. This movie's from 1992. I lied. Also, oh, the uh, hockey player was the arrogant one, and he was played by D.B. Sweeney. Oh, <laughs> oh, D.B. Sweeney is the best. Yeah. He's one of those actors where I don't know where he went, but he was always great in everything he's done. I, I, I love that he robbed uh, the bank and jumped out of the airplane and got away with it all those years ago. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like for him to uh, evade authorities, but still appear in like major motion pictures. It's pretty he, wild. He's like BTK. I wonder how he pulled that off. The they just don't. They can't get to him in time. You know, they know. They yeah, know who he's he there is, for a week. But, yeah. You know, if he's not where they are, he's fine. There Maybe um, the aliens came back and got him. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Mm. Well. I've got a lot to think about now. I'm going to have to track down <laughs> D.B. Sweeney and ask him for some of that airplane money. Yeah, cough it up, buddy. Cough it up. Uh, his Wikipedia page, uh, the picture of him appears to be wearing a Batman uh, Christopher Nolan shirt. Interesting. Or Was he in that movie? It's a bird. I don't know. Bats are birds. <laughs> <laughs> He comes out of retirement to be in the Batman movie. That makes sense. Speaking of jazz cigarettes, I may have indulged while watching Dune because I felt it necessary, and it was. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. uh, I also took notes that way, so I'm just going to read some of them, and um, hopefully some of this will make sense. Yeah, let's dive into the movie. It's... uh... 
Yeah, yeah. it's David Lynch doing Dune. It, it's pretty wild. It's gotta be the most David Lynch movie that I've ever seen. How many I, David Lynch movies have you seen? None. Um, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. Just last weekend, I was at the uh, the barber shop, and um, I just told the stylist, you know, I want you to cut my hair so that I don't look like in-stage David Lynch. And she was like, oh, are you a big David Lynch fan? And I said, no, I've only seen Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> it's fair. And then that day I got home. And I watched a David Lynch movie, and I was really pissed off that I could no longer say I'd never seen him. Perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. So, this review comes from a place of anger, first and foremost. Yeah, you know what? I didn't think about this, That's but one of the best things... Best kind of guess. Um, mm. One of the things that stood out the most was the haircuts of the... I'm just going to call them Harkonnen, because that's what they did in the movie. Most of them had these like reverse mohawks. Where yeah, the, the that was middle, sick. Yeah, the middle of their hair was cut out, and it's like, all right. It's almost like that's where you like insert like a chip or something like that. You can like insert a chip into their brain. <laughs> yeah, so much of this was not in the book, and no, it was, yeah, I kind of thought about this where it was um, David Lynch doing this to Dune is what Tim Burton did in Batman Returns. Oh, you motherfucker. You're going to bring this up? <laughs> yeah, I think he flipped through a couple pages and he's like, I don't like any of this. I'm going to do my own take and that's how it goes. Okay. All right. But uh, um, the movie starts with uh, Princess Arulian, who is a total babe. I have uh, Virginia Madsen's her name and it's like, I know that name, but I didn't recognize her probably because she was so young. But yeah, she's beautiful. She tells this little story, and then it fades away to blackness, and then she goes, oh, I forgot something. Yeah, and she it comes, comes back, back again. It's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit cheesy. <laughs> I like oh, it I a forgot. lot. It's like, a, you know, the, somebody reading a newspaper, and then, you know, like, it's from, like, somebody else's perspective, and the person sure. in a newspaper yeah. looks up and is like, oh, I didn't hear you come in. Oh, Same hello. Vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much so. It's like trying to make it more personal almost or something. What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She points at the screen. She's yeah. like, you, in the front row. It's like, what? <laughs> Me? <laughs> There's only one row! Music by Toto. It ruled. Toto Some of it. Some Brian, of it was good. You know. ah. So some of it would be, you know, good times, 80s bops, and other times it's just going to be like the sound of a sine wave for 30 minutes yeah like all ethereal and like weird yeah which is cool it has its place but i found a lot of the music like the orchestration in this movie was like not great <laughs> well you, you didn't like when there was just random guitar riffs out of nowhere i did that, that was, stuff that was okay. That was the Toto stuff, but yeah. there was like there was like a conduct there was like an orchestra that was doing other parts of the soundtrack, and it was it just didn't work in a lot of scenes for me. I was just like, why is this really super dramatic music playing? Like, what the fuck is happening? This movie was the the war in the movie is not the war between the Fremen and the uh, uh, Harkonnen. The war is yeah. between David Lynch and the studio. And it yeah, is the most yeah. compelling aspect of the entire movie because it's two <laughs> movies, I feel, in a lot of ways. 
Uh, every yeah. once in a while, they get that, you know, action-packed Star Wars shot, you know, troops sure. running down, fighting. And then a lot of it is just like a uh, vaping scrotum brain monster. That's that's uh, what happens where it's the uh, they introduce the guild navigator and yeah. there's all these guys that they look like they're from out of Dark City. Um, <laughs> unnecessary tubes. They're leaking goo. Yeah, um, the goo. Oh man. And the guild the guild navigator in the in the book they're they're kind of like fishmen stretched out little webbed fingers and everything so they can float around and instead they made a little floating turd man. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a scrotum with a butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> attached i also thought uh the guys leaking the goo it was strange there was only one who thought to mop up his own goo <laughs> it was like yeah, 15 true. of those was... guys and only one had a mop he's like cleaning up after himself yeah he was polite <laughs> yeah he's just like i okay, gotta do this sorry sorry yeah, no, the, 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 didn't the guild navigators not talk in the book? I don't remember them talking in the book. Yeah, they, they talk. They have little speakers in the, the oh, floating okay. thing, so I'm not quite sure why they had, like, arm But that was in the book? And... Yeah. I don't remember them talking in the book, but... Mm. Did, did they rip off the guild navigator and starship troopers uh, as the monster at the end that's afraid of Doogie Howser? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it does look a lot similar. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. a lot similar. The rainbow <laughs> the movie. Yeah, that's classic for Hoven. The movie does one thing better than the book, where they explain in maybe one minute something that takes the book a hundred pages to do, which is why the Emperor wants um, the Atreides gone. So that was nice. Rewatching oh, it, yeah. the the movie did follow the book a lot more than I thought, but a lot of things were chopped up and just completely taken out. Yeah, and it 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 just that just means that like there were other scenes there that were supposed to be there to like fill you yeah, in. Yeah, and a couple things. This will come later, but it was like you could tell that they completely cut things out. Mm-hmm. Now, Jeff, is this the first time you've seen this movie? No, I have not seen this movie okay. in maybe ten years. Oh, but but okay, but you have seen it before. Yeah, because I was—it's always jarring when you uh, come into a uh, you know cinematic representation, or I guess vice versa, of a uh, novelized property that you love, and you're just thinking like, I never thought that guy was tall or whatever, and it's it's upsetting. But I guess you were spared this time. I was like that with the Dark Tower movie because yeah. I the Dark Towers. Why? Maybe, I don't know if it's, I love it more than Dune. I love Stephen King and I love The Dark Tower, but I was so excited about that movie and they took seven books that... It's all of them? Yeah, it's every single, it's like 80 billion pages spread over seven books and they made it into a 90 minute movie and did the entire story. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, there was this original plan for the, it was going to be... A movie based off The Gunslinger, which was the first book, and then they were going to do like a Hulu miniseries for some of the slower yeah. books, do another movie, do another miniseries, and then finish it up. And Oh man, I would have loved that. I would have loved to see Doctor Doom and Stephen King himself in the same movie. Can I tell you some good news? 
Yeah. They're geez. they're doing that. Oh, really? Yes, it's going to be on Amazon or Hulu and they're I think they're filming it now, but they're starting all over. They're getting rid of everything they did in the movie and they're making it. Oh. Yeah. I cannot wait to see Doctor Doom robots throwing uh, s- golden snitches. Yeah, fighting werewolves. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand how anybody didn't like the later Dark Tower books when they got completely crazy and like they were fighting King Crimson, the King Crimson. Of course, why not? It's great. Just go for it. Just enjoy it, folks. It doesn't have to make sense. That's like Uncle Howard's book series. Of all time. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree. I think we should cancel this show and completely switch oh, over no. to the Dark Tower. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it, get, it gets ridiculous, and it's like, let him do it. Stephen King wrote himself into the book. Yeah, the biggest villain oh, is the guy who hit Stephen King in real life with his van. Yeah. Well, that 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 makes a certain amount yeah. of sense to to Steve him, King obviously. He hates that motherfucker, and he will never. Well, it makes him. sense. He hit him with his fucking yeah, car. Yeah, King got real hurt. Yeah, almost died. <sighs> it was bad for him. So it would have been fine for yeah. me. I could easily get hit by a van, but. And then just just walk yeah, away. It's happened. <laughs> I saw <laughs> I saw a Toyota Sienna today that was an Avengers Quinjet at the same time. What is the what is this Quinjet you're talking uh, about? The, the Quinjet, that's the Avengers jet. It's like uh, you know the X Men have the Blackbird. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it was a Toyota Sienna, but their license plate said Quinjet. I showed you guys the picture. What am I talking about? Oh right. Oh sorry. Yeah, I think the Hulk flew it into outer space and landed on a junk planet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, it's also what they're in when uh, Captain America says. Uh, like something like I believe in God, ma'am, and he doesn't dress like that. Remember that? Classic Whoa! Scene? I don't remember any scenes from any Marvel movie. <laughs> I remember probably them all photographically. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't know why. My life is wasted. I can talk about some of the actors in this. Kyle MacLachlan. Mm. Yeah. For some reason, they aged him up. He's. They said it was. He was twenty-five in the movie. Instead of being a 15-year-old boy. And I kind of wondered why they did well, that. Yeah, I don't know. That is strange. They to have a hunk and not a, you know, baby. Yeah, there's an actor who's playing him in the new movie. His name is Timothy Chalamet, who I have no oh, idea yeah. what he's been in. I We talked about this before where I've only seen the puppet version of him. <laughs> yeah, gosh. And he, he just looks like a skinny little weirdo, so I'm sure he'll be great. Well, it looks oh. like that book cover. There's the book cover out that uh, looks a lot like <laughs> His him. His name is Timothy. Oh, I'm Timothy. So it's Timo T H E E Hal Shalomay. He could be uglier. I feel like it should be an ugly guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but he's supposed to be I, luscious. Get, he's I luscious get in the book. Poulter in there. That's a oh boy. boy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Thufer's crazy eyebrows. Oh, he's not an actor. I don't. Oh, there's, there's some some really good eyebrows. I'm sorry. There's some really good eyebrows in this movie. That's what actor is that? I I didn't write down his name. Yeah, he the the mentants. I don't know if they really explain this. He he's one of like Patrick Stewart's buddies. Menta- right? Mentants are living computers. There's a thing in Dune that they didn't really explain. They left so much out of this. It's like. I understand the difference between like adaptions and the novel and all that, so they cannot make a 
50 hour movie but the the mentants are living computers because in the future there's a big war against machines and robots so they can't have technology that's why a lot of the things in this movie all the technology were little gears and buttons and everything that they had to push they're like amish yeah there there's like a scene where the thufer guy the guy with the big eyebrows is communicating with someone and it's like he dials some knobs and then he has like a bright flash of light in his face yeah it's pretty wild it's almost like this weird like sort of um telegraph sort of weird yeah very strange flashing light in his face (laughs) and then he gets the message somehow okay patrick stewart is in it yeah this was three years before the next generation so he went from doing this to star trek Sure, yeah. And because cool. I'm not English and I don't know a lot about the Shakespearean theater, I think that's what he did. So I think this might have been his first American movie? Uh, he was in um, maybe a Wes Craven film. I think there was one set in like outer space, and he was in that for a brief moment. I couldn't... Uh... Oh, and people are just screaming at hmm. the radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like it was this movie. Oh. They're they're dialing up our live on the sixes, and they're getting. So oh mad, boy! But, uh, well, it happens, but um, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> there's so much gold in this movie too. It was like called Life Force, by the way. Life Force. And that's what it was. By yeah. Hooper, not West that's Ray a good Ray. movie. Yeah, that that chick is hot. She walks around naked in most of the movie. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Wait, Jeff, no. you should check that out when you're. Oh, I know Life Force. Yeah. Okay, I, cool. I think Life Force had like vamp energy vampires. I think energy vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, Dean Stockwell, who I know from Quantum Leap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He plays the Doctor. He plays Yui in this, and um, it's a good. He's uh, a good character. Dean Stockwell uh, lived in the chi- in the town that I grew up in as a child, and apparently he was kind of rude to people. Oh shit! Now he, that's some inside baseball. Oh boy, that is yeah. a little bit snotty. <laughs> yeah, he was full of himself because he was in Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah, he's just like walking around town like he owns the place. Yeah, he's he, just he like, was mm. like, I was the one who didn't have to be in a different body all the time. Yeah, I got to be myself. <laughs> <laughs> what a feather in his cap. Yeah, yeah, and he, like, winks at everybody, and it's like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> I, uh, I, anyway, I love when Patrick Stewart was in there, and then I loved that he wore the crystal armor, and, uh, you can still stab through it if you stab slow. I think that's an important lesson to learn. Yeah, they, uh, they almost turned into, like, Lego figures <laughs> when they were, like, fighting with the, with the shields up. Like, that's how, like, old... Yeah. School, it the animation good. was for the movie. I, I like it. I like that better though, in a way, because I feel like yeah. when you when you see like crazy things that like you've never like seen something like that before. Like the first time I saw, um, you know, the Grand Canyon, I was like, that's not real. Like it doesn't look real. And when you see stuff that's CGI, like the point of CGI is to make it look real. But sometimes stuff should just be like kind of beyond human comprehension like a like a lovecraftian geometry you know on a on ryla where dead cthulhu lays dreaming 
Oh boy! So you gotta... talk about some evil stuff, <laughs> Jeff. He's talking about evil. Oh, do you want to talk about non? Oh, how do you say it? Non non-Euclidean Euclidean geometry, which I had to look up. Yeah. Please. Oh my God! <laughs> what is happening? Oh no! I I really got into H.P. Lovecraft because I have heard his name a thousand times from Stephen King and Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. So sure, I, yeah. I read like in the mountains of madness, and it's like it was really good, but he needed an editor because it is too long, and he repeats himself too much. And hey, he <laughs> also had some kind of bad opinions about race. Well, oh, no. see, that was the thing. Oh no! Because I didn't know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, halfway through the book, the you... name of the cat. I believe is wildly inappropriate. Brown Jenkins? Oh no, oh, no that's from something else. Yeah, there's another. Oh, well, it might be a difference. Uh, it's like the rats in the walls, where the cat's name is unrepeatable and not. You can't even explain it away as like it was a different time. It's just like yeah. fuck you, H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 there, bad. Yeah, there's a, like a real divide where his fans are either completely racist, try to. <laughs> Like, um, oh, try no. to justify that, like saying this was his time, but no, he, he was a terrible racist. The thing is, though, I'm trying to justify this. Now, I'm saying this as a very white person that he he hated everybody. Yeah, he really did. He, he, the, only, the only people he liked were white people from New England, and everybody yeah. else was garbage. And it's not a proper way to say it, but it's like almost impressive how much he hated everybody. <laughs> I, I still remember a line, I think, from The Call of Cthulhu, where he talks about, like, like the crude and cunning intellect of the Spaniard. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if anybody's noticed where Spain is, but it's right next to Germany and France. Yeah. it's Europe. Yeah. I, and he just was like, "Take that, Spaniards!" Yeah, yeah, you fucking Spanish bastards. But then also, I mean, he has a lot of bad things to say about the great old ones. You know, I mean, he's, mm. he's, you know, maybe he's not a fan of the Irish, but he also doesn't like the goat who lives in the woods with a thousand young. Yeah. So, you know, it's equal opportunity offender. Yeah, I read, um, I, oh, what is the... <laughs> that, 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 does that mean we're giving him a pass? Well, he's dead. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, if he wasn't dead, he would be now because I'd put him down for keeps. Yeah. Yeah, Howard, take him downtown. Take him downtown. <laughs> Howard, do you know the one, uh... The, the one where it's uh, at the ocean, and it's like the uh, town where um, there's fishmen. The frog people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm reading that, and it was like, this is after I looked up about his, his history and the racism, <laughs> and he has a line about the Irish where I actually stopped reading and said, that's pretty impressive. Like, good job, Howard. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, Howard Phillips Lovecraft. So there's a lot of similarities between Howard Phillip and Uncle Howard Phillip Lovecraft, which is my real name. Um, oh my oh, goodness. Shit, I've got to change Revelation. my Twitter display name for October or whatever, since all those dorks are doing it. Um, yeah, hey. Uncle, Ho- Uncle Howard Lovecraft. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of you boys for helping me achieve the supreme. I've never been this good with Franklin, man. He's a he's an anchor around my neck is all. He's an old stick in the mud. Yeah. He's a stick in the mud. Man, it... it Oh, actually, it's interesting we're talking about H.P. Lovecraft now because he's also kind of notorious for having, like, unfilmable stories. 
since a lot of the stuff in it is just like they saw something that couldn't exist and they went mad. Do you, do you and I haven't read Dune. Is that similar? Is there a lot of stuff in Dune that's like kind of unfilmable because it's just purely conceptual? No, I think it's I think it's all I think it's all uh, it's all it's all filmable. There's, there's wow. a couple there's a yeah, couple scenes sure. in the movie where it was um, David Lynch being weird for the sake of being weird and like the the guild navigators like warping to the star system where this like floating turd monster starts shooting lasers out of his mouth and his butt and makes holograms. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that scene. That was a good I, I scene. I did too. There was a few extraordinarily compelling scenes in this movie, and that was for sure one of I them. I had a question about the special effects, though. I don't know how old everyone sure. is, but I'm guessing everyone is between the age of 30 and 60. So most people kind of Correct. grew, yeah, they grew Correct. up with, let's well. say... Because I, I tried to compare it with video games where my my older brother had a Nintendo, but I've played Atari. So, it's, you know the game Space Invaders? Of you course. You play Space Invaders, yeah. and at no point do you not think they're real aliens trying to get you. Your brain, like, fills in everything. Um, yeah. But now when you look at a game, like, on the PlayStation, it's very realistic. So if you were a kid when Dune came out and you watched it, were the special effects amazing or did you pick things apart? Did you notice how many green screen things there are or like when when the worms show up, do you go, wow, that's a worm or you can obviously tell it's a puppet, (laughs) like a guy underneath some sand pushing a puppet through some sand. Well, I think uh, seeing seeing in the theater for the first time, that would probably blow people's minds back in that back at that time. Still, you know, it's those big like the big sets. Like there was so much gold in this movie. Like I was mentioning earlier, like so much gold. Is that it's you, like, gold member? Wow, we have completely eliminated the need of Franklin. Welcome to Dune Boys, Howard. Yeah, Frank Franklin is done. Now I have to do one podcast a week. It's this is the best ever. There you go. There you go. Problem there was solved. a thing that stuck out in the movie where it went from looking very nice and expensive to cheap as yeah. hell, where it looked like they just filmed it in the back room of a a building, where like the Atreides yeah. castle yeah. was this beautiful woodwork and these amazing backgrounds, and then all of a sudden it was like a dirty green room with a bunch of soldiers in it, and they're they're all getting for some reason. The the Sardu the Sardukar soldiers they wouldn't like shoot people they would like throw people they kept on throwing people like I saw at least I saw at least ten throws in this movie where they picked up a person and just threw them. Yeah, you. I know movies are filmed out of order, but you could tell where they kind of ran out of some money. Obviously, like they just couldn't afford to show people getting stabbed or something it like that. It was nice of like, them though to uh. film the movie in. A sequential order so the first scenes had high budget and the last scenes did not yeah 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 that would do it I, I i just think there were so many like reshoots though and they must have reshot the end or something and i don't know if that's true or not but that would to me explain why because the end got a little more action-packed than it had been all of a sudden there was like shots of the fremen you know running around with their uh 
weirding machines. Oh, yeah, we can talk about um, that. I got a whole page on that thing. Yeah. Oh, you got a whole page <laughs> yeah. on um, that. This movie was good. I loved it. Yeah, I, I certainly yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, it a lot more after I just said, ah, screw it. Also being high. Let's see. Oh, the Gamja bar scene when he puts his hand in the box. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, Great scene. My note on that scene said, sequel to Alice in Chains song, Man in the Box. Hand in the Box. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. You guys are so lucky. I'm on this yeah, show. I wrote what, what, because he actually said what's in the box, and I realized if I ever hear that, it goes back to seven. <gasps> yeah, yeah, what's, what's in, the, in box? the box? What's in the box? It was Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Yeah. Spoiler. How did she get in this movie? <laughs> oh, if only she was. One of the other actors was Brad Dorif, who... He's, yeah, he's great. He's great, he's so but great. he was in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and he's one of yeah. those actors... It's like he's known for that, but he's also known for being the voice of Chucky. Yeah, um, pretty dope. I want, I want to know these actors, like... Anytime I think about him in any movie, he plays a weirdo or a psychopath. He was on one of the best episodes of the X-Files, but even then, I think... Which which episode? um, Yeah, which episode was that? Yeah, I remember him being on it. I can't remember. I know he, he either played a guy that couldn't go in the light or he possibly made a nest out of newspapers he licked. Oh no! The guy who made the uh, newspaper is Eugene uh, Victor was, Toombs. Uh, yeah, that was the guy who married uh, Courtney Stodden, who was she was sixteen and he was like fifty, but she got her parents. Oh, that guy! Permission. Yeah, that creepy guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a real weirdo. He never seemed like he was probably that interested in marrying her. Uh, he Ooh. was the uh, uh, what episode was this? Beyond the Sea. Yeah, that was it. It was Beyond the Sea where Scully's uh, father dies, and I think he knew certain yeah, things. Yeah, that is a good episode, actually. Yeah. I, when I realized it was Brad Dourif, I exclaimed out loud, Brad Dourif, you fuck. And I don't know why, but I was just like, <laughs> I was hell, and it made sense to me. It does make sense, because yeah. he plays Peter, the slimy character in this yeah, movie. He has a really strange delivery in this movie. It's... Yeah, it's like he's the only one who realizes he's in a piece of shit, and he's no. See that was that was that's where you said it had like multiple takes. I don't think it did. <laughs> I think there's I think there's honestly three actors in this movie that tried, and it was Kyle MacLachlan, Brad Dorf, and uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Everybody else realized what they were in, and that's why everything is like overacted, real hammy. Yeah, and just weird as I hell. I thought the Guild Navigator did a good job. <laughs> oh, he was pretty he was, great. He really committed to the role, which I appreciated. Um, hey, can we talk a little bit briefly? I I don't know if we're going in this movie in sequential order, but does it matter? I would like to talk no, no. a little bit about no. how long they teased Sting shirtless because uh, he shows up, he's wearing a shirt. He's in a couple more scenes. He's wearing a shirt, and you're like, "When is this guy going to take off his shirt?" I know. That shirt I know. Off. Sting hates to wear shirts, and then uh, in the final scene, he's wearing a diaper and he's shirtless. The beautiful like metal bird yeah. 
diaper. But it's a diaper. Make no mistake. Um, yeah, the uh, the Harkonnens in the book, they write them as the most evil human beings you could ever imagine. And they played that up so much in this movie where <laughs> the Baron is, he's very into mm-hmm. luscious young boys. And yeah, shirtless Sting, I believe he even licks his lips when <laughs> they're they're on uh, Getty Prime, which is the Harkonnen home planet. And it goes into this room and there is a guy playing steam like yeah, a musical yes. instrument. It's amazing. And yeah, and and Sting walks out of like a steam yeah. shower. Yeah. Full on. Well, I I mean you're not casting yeah. Sting in nineteen eighty four for anything less than, you know, a serious hunk. Um, yeah, because you know, I mean, I, I don't think in 1984 Sting was ever wearing a shirt at all. So I think it's a major directorial <laughs> accomplishment that David Lynch he spent, got to put one on for a little while. He spent the entire year shirtless. <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, there's pictures of Sting all over the internet, and he's not. Yeah. there's one where he's meeting the wrestler Sting, who was a you know much larger man than Sting the musician. And, and he's got and he's got no shirt Sting's on. Wearing a shirt and Sting oh is shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's how committed you are. Because I mean I don't know about you guys, but if I wanted to be shirtless and there was a guy who looked a lot better than me, I'd probably put a shirt on. Pop a shirt on, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I like that, but I like Sting a lot. My first CD ever was Sting's Ten Summoners Gold. Ten Summoners Tales. I'm sorry, Fields of Gold was on it. And uh, so I've always had a soft spot for Sting, but um, I was I was really glad he was in this. That was a uh, he kept me going. My first CD was um, the soundtrack to New Jack City, which <laughs> wow, I won from. Oh, that's sick! That's sick! <laughs> no, 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 because I I won it from um, from a radio station. That's cool. And just imagine a little chubby white kid that looked like chunk from the goonies walking into a radio station and asking for my prize (laughs) yeah yeah and they're like would you like to pick anything else out from the uh from the prize closet and i'm like no just this that's a great movie i like when ice t says i want to shoot you so bad my dick is hard yeah (laughs) that movie's good they're making a new one of that one i didn't even know i'd seen that movie also ice t is a must follow on twitter for anyone who isn't following him because he's just an old guy who hates snitching yeah um howard i know you didn't read the book but that's an actual quote from dude really i want to shoot you so bad i could could see paul mwadib throwing over you know the harkonnen that would be cool Oh, this is another thing from my notes. Paul's got a cool dog. Yeah, he's got a little pug dog, yeah. Yeah, he sure does, a little pug. Yeah, he's got this this dog, and um, I'm going to take a screen capture of it, but at the end of the movie when they're st- like, uh, oh, no, it's not at the end. When the Harkonnens um, take over the Atreides and like try to take over Arrakis, Patrick Stewart like yells, like, for the Atreides, and he's like leading a... a a little army and he's got the dog uh on his chest in one of those like baby carriers you see baby bjorn Uh, baby (laughs) bjorn and he's got the little pug dog and a gun in his hand and uh, man i laugh so damn hard at that so what do we know what the dog is is it actually a dog or is it like in captain marvel the cat was a you know fnarleps or whatever 
I think they just thought of the most royal dog you could imagine and just gave them a little dog. Yeah, that's, that is one of the most majestic animals, a pug. The animal that can't give birth naturally because their heads are too big. Good God. Yeah, I think um, all the little dogs that exist were all bred for royalty to like hunt badgers and chase um, foxes and shit out of holes so the yeah. royals can like kill them. They were like, let me have something as inbred as me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At a certain point after this movie, after the pug scene, my note just says, I went into a fugue. So I'm not sure what happened between then and when the Bene Gesserit mother shows up. And I wrote, the Bene Gesserit mother is what? I don't know what I meant by that. Was she the little girl? She's a uh, no. She the the Reverend Mother in here. Um, I wanted to like I went oh, to the. Oh, she's the ancient one. Yeah, I went to the end of the credits to see if it had that thing that said like what is it like the ASPCA where it's like animal yeah. animal rights, <laughs> and I wanted to see if any animals were harmed. Like you know how it says like no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see if the dog was okay, and I wanted to see if um, the cat, like the um, Thufer, the guy with the eyebrows, has poison in him, and the only way he can live is if every 30 minutes or something he milks a cat. <laughs> so, And, like, the cat is tied up in a box with a rat tied to the cat. Yeah. Which... Well, I mean, that's... Cats eat rats. It makes sense. Yeah. Also, not in the book... The Reverend Mother talks like Dracula. <laughs> After in the credits, it actually said like filmed in Mexico. Yeah. And I I thought the movie was going to be filmed in like Prague or some some overseas place where it explains why everyone has crazy accents. But no, it's Mexico. It, it is Mexico, and it was a uh, what? It was a, a pro- co-production between the United States and Mexico. Or maybe Spain. Maybe I'm getting my H.P. Lovecraft on here right now. But uh, one thing that was for certain is that a lot of those actors bore a certain similarity to me with the curly hair and large nose action <laughs> going on. Um, I, I do want to know how, uh, how you can have two parents with completely different accents that leads to Paul talking like he's just from North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... like just the most newsreader, like, flat American accent with a father yeah. that is from some mysterious country and a mom that is possibly British. Well, was he raised by his parents or was he such a, like, you know, spoiled pretty boy that he was raised by, you know, a, a gang of tutors and nannies and au pairs and all that? Yeah, he was raised by Patrick Stewart, an eyebrow guy. Well, Patrick Stewart... I mean, I guess he has an accent. Well, yeah, but, he's uh, French. <laughs> yeah, he's French, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is French. I mean, his name is Jean-Luc Picard. You do the math. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's so good at playing a little flute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we cleared that up on a past episode. Okay. Yeah, so, glad, yeah, it was good. Glad I don't have to educate anybody. It's not my job to do There's this. so many voiceovers in this movie. Like, There's so many like inner monologues. And 
Oh my god, it gets to be so much. There's Okay, at one point his inner monologue is whispering. Why would your inner monologue whisper? It doesn't make any sense. It, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, my notes just say so many voiceovers with three explanation points and then you just said that. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, there's even a voiceover where um, uh, I think it's Sting is choking the Duke to kill him and he goes i wish this was paul <laughs> oh yeah yeah but yeah, like they, in his head and it's like wait yeah, what paul and they they never met i don't think the two met until they fight at the end yeah but he hates him so very much yeah they hired him to kill him or something right was he a hired gun or was he a, did he have a vested interest beyond pay no it's just I his that was it this is just how it was. There was a war between the two houses, so no. yeah. All right. Yeah, I think all he's right. the the Baron's nephew. Yeah, they're all they're all. Oh, he's a. That's right. The Baron's an uncle, and I meant to bring yes. up that it's yeah. nice to see you know representation of uncles on the big screen. Not always positive. <laughs> this one's know, not positive at all. <laughs> ever well, it's debatable. <laughs> He did a lot of good things too. Yeah, he killed that little slave boy. That was fuck. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he cared a lot about skin care. Yes, it's true. Uh, which is important, you know. He he really wanted to keep it clear with a Doctor Pimple Popper. Yeah, Doctor Pimple Popper, who is um, the evil German doctor from space. Yeah. Who who says a little poem about like how um, how his sores was- like bring joy to my heart and <laughs> oh, boy. All right. yeah he was very happy to have that job and i yeah uh, it's good to see that. uh i don't believe the baron covered in sores was in the book and i don't believe the heart plugs were in the book i think this is just david lynch being weird and like how how messed up and evil and weird can we make these people yeah he just pulled that guy's like plug and then like he just bled to death like that's so weird yeah i thought he was drinking that's his blood a, that... yeah well, that was a real design flaw in the Baron. Yeah. You know, you'd think they'd have like a like airlock or something with his blood. Sure, something like that. Yeah. Okay, there was there was a big plot about uh, the Baron wanting the ducal signet ring. Um, right. Yeah. As far as I know, those rings. The whole point of that was like if the Duke would write letters. Or if, like, a king would write letters, they'd put a wax seal and, like, press the ring down, and that's how you could tell it was from them. But it was almost like if he got the ring, he would get his powers, and it was just like, I didn't yeah, quite understand uh, that part. I don't know. It's just like a trophy, probably. He just wanted a trophy. I bet you that's what it is. Yeah, all this participation trophy culture that we got going on. <laughs> uh, this one isn't really a participation trophy. He, he killed the guy. <laughs> Well, he participated in a murder. There you go. That's that's the that's the participation trophy you got. Best murderer. Ultimately, every trophy is a participation trophy. I don't get why that makes people so. Yeah, mad. exactly. Especially when you're killing somebody. Yeah. Jessica and um, Paul they escape from the war and they're in the desert. They meet um, they meet the Fremen and there's a part that they completely left out of the movie where the Fremen tell Jessica and Paul that she's no use to them and they're gonna take her away and drain her of the water because the fremen put the uh put people who died into these juicers yeah to get their water 
they kind of left that out of the um, the movie. Think of like um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where they they juiced the the blueberry girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did the Fremen end up on this planet in the first place? Uh, the Fremen were slaves on a planet called Salsa Secundus. And yeah. they had a little rebellion, and they escaped, and they ended up on Arrakis. Okay, and it's just, like, best-case scenario. Yeah. Salsa yeah. Secundus right. is a planet that was, like, there was a nuclear bomb on it, and it's a wasteland. So oh. the Emperor uses that as a prison planet, and he, since mm-hmm. it's, like, an impossible environment to live on, like, the toughest of the tough live on it. It's it's like uh, that last planet in the Citadel that they blew up and now they mine Stellarium from. From the Omega Men. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that was a reference just for you. Yeah, no thank, one else. thank you very much. I should have got that quicker and now I'm upset because I was thinking pitch black for a second. Yeah, the you gotta get on the ball, buddy. Oh, man. The Omega Men is the best comic ever made. I love it. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I liked how all of these uh, revolutionaries turned out to be terrible in the end. Yeah. I could have seen that coming. (laughs) It was not a happy book. My friend Dubes read it, and I'm like, this is going to be a depressing book. Don't don't read it if you're in a bad mood. I liked it, though, because there's a lot of, like, people's heads getting chopped off. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, a guy slicing his own throat to make a Green Lantern symbol on his chest. That was a bit Yeah, much. it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. And there's a lot of uh, quotes from a real author about how bleak life is. Yeah, not a, not a cheerful book club <laughs> recommendation. Yeah, read it. One of the things they also left out was uh, when Paul meets the Fremen, there's a character named Jamis who is, uh, or Jamis who makes him fight. And uh, Paul kills him, and the Fremen give him, uh, Paul, his wife, and two kids. So whenever they show the Fremen in the movie, there's always a woman standing with two little kids. Oh, and those are Jamis's? Yeah, so they must have cut... His orphans. Yeah, they must have cut the scene out because... um, I'll bring this up at the end... uh, Paul is the hero of the story, but he's also kind of a villain because Paul is responsible for the deaths of trillions of people. But yeah. they they keep making him out to be a hero, and it it kind of felt like in the in the movie things were cut out to make him more heroic. I'm guessing, including killing a guy and not taking the kids. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it makes like, sense that they would cut that. So here's another part of David Lynch trying to make the Harkonnens as evil as humanly possible. Uh, there's a character named the Beast Raban who, he's always sweaty. Yeah. He's always very cheerful for being evil. Uh, he walks into this room and there is a cow hanging upside down and he has, there's two dwarves shocking it. Uh, Raban just grabs a piece of the cow and rips the flesh off and starts eating it. And then he kicks one of the dwarfs down on the ground and laughs and walks out the door. (laughs) And now, yeah, I know it's uh, 2019 and you shouldn't laugh at that, but it was pretty damn funny. 
Yeah. It's cartoonishly evil enough that I think it's funny because it's so obviously supposed to be bad, right? Like, yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, the cat milking. He actually says, uh, milking this smooth little cat. (laughs) He points out that it's smooth. (laughs) It's kind of sweet, actually. It's like, ew. <laughs> the Baron's favorite pet. Ew, it's so gross, though. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, uh, they do uh. this, the sandworm riding, and then it, it goes from this, like, there was a constant, like, dune theme. Oh, yeah. Oh, the triumphant music, it was, like, ho- it was yeah, so much. Yeah, that's the guitar it shredding like, comes in. It was so it's much. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> Patrick Stewart yeah. is probably really good at hugs. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh oh no he meets paul in the desert and they it looks like they're gonna shake hands and he hugs him and you just you 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 think that uh, patrick stewart would be really good at hugging that makes sense i bet I, he would I, be I bet yeah he would. patrick stewart seems pretty good at everything to be honest. yeah he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to half-ass a hug I, he's he's never played a like real buffoon in anything has he well he's a dignified mm. shakespearean actor yeah. yeah, but I mean, he could still play, you know, like a kind of down on his luck chump or something. But he's always just like a, you know, I guess he's bad. He's bad in Green Room. I shouldn't say I guess. He definitely is. But he's Oh, still, that movie was great. Yeah. Oh, that movie is really good. But um, he's also fully competent and like capable throughout the entire movie, too. He's not, you know, like getting getting chumped by Anton Yelchin. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in power. Rest yeah. in power. Yeah. Constant exploding screens. Okay, so <laughs> I know Star Wars is known for the, the wipes. <laughs> they kept doing a thing in Dune where I didn't understand if it was supposed to be pages exploding or the universe exploding, but a lot of the scenes kept going back and forth with like the whole screen kind of exploding or ripping. Which is fair. I uh, I liked it. It was like, hey, Star Wars, you got star wipes, we got explosions. Hell yeah. It was really dropping their punk card or whatever. I don't know. I didn't up. notice that in my in my version. Maybe I was watching a different version. Hmm. Yeah, this is, once again, I was smoking jazz cigarettes. Uh, yeah. Paul has his own elite warriors, and they are dressed in Star Trek Voyager Starfleet costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They have the black still suits and they have red shoulders. Mm. So there's a little Star Trek reference for you. Also, the still suits really accentuate their buns. They do, yeah. It's very, very sensual. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't, I don't think they fully explained that what they're doing and how they process all your fluids <laughs> and waste so you can eat and drink in the desert for days. They did mention that your feces and urine went behind your knees, I think. Mm-hmm. Which felt, to me, worse than a lot of other places it could go. <laughs> uh, you couldn't, like, route it up to, like, my lower back or, you know, I mean, I know that's, like, against gravity, but uh, behind your knees, like, that's not a pleasurable place to have stuff, like, messing with you, you know? Yeah, I don't know how that would work. I guess they pump it out, though. Like, there would be, like, a little baggy. I'd love to I'd love to wear one of those suits and just give it a shot. Well, we're, we're working on our own design. We're hoping to have it ready for, uh, for BugCon, so... Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Because I... 
I was peeing myself all the time at BudCon anyway. Okay, so that makes sense. We can yeah. maybe. I think we found a good market for it there because I've heard, I've heard that a lot of other people there uh, piss their pants as well. Yeah, it was nonstop pant pissing left and right. I mean, yeah, everyone, everyone did it because uh, you know Nick Weiger did it first. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, but he couldn't help himself. I did it on purpose. I already have plans on making a still suit out of hefty bags and duct tape. Cool. Maybe some rubber hoses. Don't give away the design, man. Yeah, Come on. I'm sorry. Jeez. So here is my favorite line from the movie. Um, it is when everything goes down and uh, the the Baron has to meet the Emperor. And <laughs> there there's a lot of scenes in this in the movie where there's a lot of over explaining to people. And I know I've talked about this before, but it's like uh, why I can't really watch NCIS type shows or CSI where it's two experts explaining things to each other that they should already know for the sake of the audience <laughs> where like there's two medical examiners and yeah. the guy is like, um, we need to take an X-ray of this guy. You know, those pictures where they show the skeletons. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> when the emperor needs to meet the Baron, he says this line, Bring in that floating fat man, the Baron. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure they get the right floating fat man. There, there could be others. Yeah, it's true. Uh, let's see. Aaliyah. Aaliyah is Paul's, um, Paul's little sister. Oh, she is a good character. Yeah, and uh, she is a really good actress. Her name is Alicia Witt. Oh, yeah, I've heard of her. She still exists. Yeah, she does. Uh, she was on one of my favorite shows called Justified uh, recently. Oh, yeah, Howard, you should check out Justified. It's oh, a pretty good show. It's the best. Oh, I, it's like the Nine Inch Nails song where he's like, I am justified. That's it. Um, yeah. Justified the... is the adaption of the Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, yeah. yeah. The N-I-N-U is, I like it a lot better than MCU. Um She's the one who says, My brother is coming with many Fremen wires. <laughs> delivery so much that I typed it out phonetically, which is why I remember that that's how she says wires. Wires. My notes here after bringing that floating fat man, my next note is Aaliyah's weird voice. Yeah. I, I'm guessing they had some actress do a little voiceover and make it as <laughs> insane as possible. Um, they could, they, maybe they could have run a regular voice through some sort of effect or something, but yeah, it's possible. It's, yeah, it's definitely not uh, the voice you're expecting to come out of this. Like what, like six to nine year old, I suppose she's in that range. First to third grade ish. She's in small. Yeah. 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 Um, the Emperor's Pyramid Ship uh, wrote Stargate. Oh, yeah, because that's the <laughs> ship. Yeah, uh, in Stargate, it's aliens, and like their ship is conveniently a pyramid to dock on existing pyramids. Yeah, and I also wasn't like the main bad alien, basically just a pharaoh. Like, he wore a little Egyptian hat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of hats, at one point they, they talk about... Uh... Uh, how they're tra how they uh, like move through space when they're doing the um when the guild navigators are like bending time and stuff like that and, like <laughs> transporting across the universe that's true actually actually i thought that was like a is that in uh in dune 2 because yes that's pretty like um yeah. 
that's just like the wormhole from Deep Space Nine, where right where it's like they yeah. travel through time. It's just time kind of smushes around. In like well, but this is like way more controlled, right? Like they know where they're going to, yeah. right? Like, but at one point, he the one guy says, uh, "It's like traveling without moving." And I was like, oh, cool, Jamiroquai. <laughs> He's like, starts dancing on like, he starts dancing on like the top of one of the ships. He's just like, yeah, coming for you. The whole point, I see, this is another thing that I don't think they really explained. I don't even know if there's any mention of the butler and jihad in the movie. They mentioned it, I think, once. Okay. The last time I watched this movie, it was actually watching the really long version that I found yeah. somewhere. And they have a whole... It is pretty much everything in the book put in there with, like, little pictures and... What is that? Like, have you ever seen the motion comics where it's, like... Yeah. It's a lot of, like, moving over things and a lot of pictures are, like, the Ken Burns documentaries... Sure, where it's yeah. just a lot of still pictures and the camera moves a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It was 1875. Yeah, so the reason why the guild navigators are in the big Spice things is because Spice lets you predict the future and everything. And because they can't have computers, like the only safe way to travel is to have these floating turd monsters like see safe ways to travel so when the ships go they don't fly into suns so i don't quite know Explode. so the the way they explained that was to have it shooting the laser beam holograms and that was something yeah well i i really liked uh the laser holograms getting shot around it reminded me of in uh uh superman is it superman 2 where uh, he sends zod to the uh the zone, phantom zone fly around the phantom zone that's right yeah <laughs> they fly around in a two-dimensional crystal going like ah <laughs> screaming and oh. screaming in space for all eternity <laughs> they don't like that don't send you know nice people to the phantom zone because it's a drag yeah yeah that would be horrible yeah, i could do here it. is the biggest problem with david lynch and what he added to this they talk about the weirding way which is basically the benny jesuits oh i said basically uh the benny jesuits are um <laughs> almost like jedis it's like neo fighting in the matrix uh they can predict things they can move faster than normal but for some reason david lynch put in a sound weapon yeah, the sound weapons are kind of weird, yeah. So there's an entire thing about how, like, you can say certain words and it makes these sound guns shoot beams of sound and he can explode people and blow up rocks. This contradicts something huge because the worms are attracted to sound and mm -hmm. rhythm. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah. So if you have a bunch of people in the desert shooting off sound... The worms are all going to go nuts and eat everybody. So it doesn't make well, one bit of sense to have that included. So I don't quite know why he did this. That is completely true, actually. I never thought of that. I, I, what I got focused on with the worms was, uh, well, I guess everybody was ripping off Dune for sandworms. They were the first ones, right? Yeah, yeah, number one. So is Tremors, like, directly, like, you know, do they say, like, you know, props to Dune, that's where we got this from, or, or do we have to boycott Tremors from now on? No, Tremors is just part of the Dune universe. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
That's good to know. How about uh, Beetlejuice? Yeah, that's in there too because okay. of the yeah for sure. They have sandworms. So. Yeah. Well. Okay. What about uh, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan with the CT eels, which are kind of like tiny sandworms that go in your ear? Oh yeah, no, for sure. That's <laughs> definitely a Dune. Okay. Yeah. Now I see. What yeah, the, uh, those are it, baby sandworms. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. I often heard that a uh, Dune was uh, just like tiny, tiny planets in the Star Trek universe, and. Uh, you know, if, if Paul Atreides would just be knee high to a grasshopper compared to, uh, you know, Chekhov or or Scotty. Uh, that's true. Yeah, he's pretty young in the book yeah, and in the movie. He was supposed to be young too. Yeah, he looks young. Yeah, and, and they do a good job making him look older throughout the movie. Like I as it like changes, he, yeah. Yeah, he looks like a child in the beginning. By the end, you're like, that's <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking ass. Also. Uh, I don't think they wanted to put a 15-year-old making sweet love, or a couple 15-year-olds, because there's a whole orgy scene and everything in the book, and they just kind of said, eh, maybe we can't have him be 15 here. That's very science fiction, though, to have some, like, uh, creepily, you know, uh, precociously sexual teenager in your in your story, I feel like, in the 60s most science fiction authors worked something like that in there. Yeah, yeah, got a little bit pervy. Yeah, I mean, Stranger in a Strange Land, where the whole thing was just like, basically, you don't have to be good-looking to, like, have sex with babes. You just need to be a genius author guy. There yeah, you go. we kind of talked yeah. about this on another episode where Paul Atreides, he's like a 15-year-old little nerdy kid who gets the girl and saves the day, and he's kind of like the... The um, kind of like a wish fulfillment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. like the little fifteen-year-old yeah. nerd that reads the book is like, "This could be me." Yeah. Well, I remember reading the Xanth novels by Piers Anthony when I was a kid and thinking, like, "Oh, one day I might have sex with a fish lady." There you go. Something to aspire yeah, to. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I'll tell you, I've been with a lot of cold fishes. Oh shit! And they've all been me. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I got the time stone, so I routinely fuck my past self. Oh, good God. Recent past, okay? Okay, all right, all right. That's nothing, not that nothing right. creepy. Come on. <laughs> nothing it's creepy. It's not that kind of show. Uh, I, think it, I think it totally is that kind of show. <laughs> Did you hear our interview with the Baron Harkonnen? Good God. He's a he's a dirty boy. He's but, nasty, you know, nasty boy. He's living his authentic self, though. He was. He very much was. He was very comfortable in his own skin. Ooh, I'd be comfortable in his skin, too. Ew. Dickie, let me ask you a question. Yeah, fire away. <laughs> you go to bed tonight, and you open your bedroom door, and you're laying in your bed. Oh, boy. Are you going to go for it? <laughs> I would. Why not? Right off the bat? Right off the bat, you don't even want it. You don't even want some kind of explanation as to what's going on. No, I I think you would know right then. Like you're from the future and you came back for a reason. To fuck myself. Yeah, you're like <laughs> you have to save the the world. <laughs> it's a very fair question. I'm just like, come with me, Sarah Connor. Yeah. I'm going like, to why fuck are you. Fuck <laughs> I'm back from the future, Michael J. Fox. 
Yeah, he shows a picture of you fading. Yeah. You're like, this is what happens if we don't have sex with each other. Yeah. We got to make it happen. Okay, Aaliyah killing the Baron. Yeah, dope. This was fantastic. She says who she is, and she, like, slices him with the little poison pointy thing. Gets him. She's, she's, he has poison, so he starts, like, bleeding out and just floats around. There's an explosion, and he is sucked out the window? Yeah, it's like the yeah, hole, yeah. like the airlock or something, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're not in space, so I don't quite understand how that works. Well, it's kind of like it float. He floats out into the air and just like yeah, yeah, floats out into the air, and all the people riding the sandworms get to see it, and they're all very happy that the Baron floats into the mouth of a sandworm. <laughs> <laughs> nice little snack for him. Yeah, chomp, and chomp, then chomp. Um, for no reason, it cuts to Aaliyah in the desert holding a knife. Doing a little wiggle dance. Like, <laughs> you like the little wiggle dances. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, it's it adorable. Lasts, it lasts for about two seconds of her, like, in this weird murdering ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah she, Freaky little kid. It's good to murder when you're a weird little kid. That's one of the best times. I guess so. I mean, that's what they say. Um, okay, it goes to the uh, the the fight with Sting. Oh yeah, and it shows Jamison. stuff. Yeah, it shows his wife and kids again, and he says like, "There's a Harkonnen in your mist." Which oh, I don't even know why I wrote that. Oh, <laughs> they, yeah, they they left out. There's another part that they completely left out of the book that Paul is a Harkonnen too. Because his his oh. grandfather is uh, the Baron. Oh, really? Yeah, He's and it like was like John Snow. Yeah, it's exactly because that's where they stole that idea too. Yeah, Goddamn, Game of Thrones that. stole it too. Jesus. Wow. Well, you win or you die. Yeah. Let's see. They're playing cool triangle drums. Yes, the triangular <laughs> drums are fun. <laughs> yes, very, yes. very eighties. That's All like right. um. That's just like a weird science fiction thing that they do to make sure you know you're in space. Like, um, yeah, the new Battlestar Galactica, they did all their paper was uh, cut with. Um, oh, I don't even know how I can describe this. They weren't rectangles; they were like octagons almost. And okay. It was like, wow, that tiny little difference means it's from space. So, when they showed those cool drums of like, yeah, this is this is space. I assumed maybe that was Toto actually playing like their mm-hmm. synth drums or something. Yeah, that's maybe. what I thought too. I think, oh, there's the band, and I didn't look yeah. it up, but maybe it is. <laughs> maybe they put them in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> give Toto, give Toto a roll. So Sting and Paul fight, and uh, Sting has this awesome move that I've never seen before, where he just bites his finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that shows that he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, he'll fuck you up. He'll bite his own finger. Yeah, so they they fight and um, they tumble around a lot, and uh, he kills him. He shoves his knife through his the bottom of his chin through his skull. Yeah, it's super gory, actually. Yeah, it was uh, probably the most graphic part of the. Um, yeah, definitely. The thing, and Paul kills a couple people in the book, but I think this is his first kill because. When him and his mom are, um, they're kind of held hostage by those two people in the, 
their little ship. Right, when they come, yeah, they take over the little ship, yeah. Yeah, they they left out the part in the book where he kills a guy using his toe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. He kicks the guy through the ribcage and pierces his heart with his toe. They kind of left that out. Whoa. Yeah, it was pretty badass. You ever kill somebody with your toe, Howard? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) of course, I've... I've choked a lot of people to death on my toes. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get them down there and let uh, gravity do the rest of the work. Um, I, I have, um, uh, I've poisoned my toes before and fed people my toes. Okay, <laughs> nice. You know, I, I've never kicked somebody through the chest with my toe, but I'm willing to try that out next. I've been looking to get in some fights this weekend, and I think it's appropriate that I'll uh, kill somebody. Cool. How long do you have to live with your vape oh, disease? Oh, well, I died a while ago, remember? It was that I I drank the uh, crackhead drink or whatever it was called. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been putting down a rain, and uh, I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling pretty good for dead. I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I, I'm dead in the way, like, Crypt Keeper's dead. Like, I, I, okay. I'm, still, I'm still horny, and I'm still going to make puns. Excellent. That's the Howard. That's the Howard we know and love. Yeah, that's right, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did I wrote down Paul explodes Sting? Uh, yeah, well, he explodes his head a little weird. bit. Yeah. yeah, his head does blow up a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah in a way. Oh, he 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 yells at him. He uses the oh, voice yeah. to blow him up like Black Bolt. And yeah, and it checks his uh. <laughs> oh man, I know who Black Bolt is. That's a Marvel reference. I understand. Blackagar Boltagon is his real name. Oh wow, we're getting the comic book references heavy tonight. <laughs> One of my favorite actors. I talked before about the show Hell on Wheels. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I didn't know who the Inhumans were, but the main guy on Hell on Wheels was going to be Black Bolt in uh, the Inhumans TV show. And if he talks, he can level a city. Yeah. Yeah, he's insanely powerful, and uh, the whole thing in, like, the comics is always just, like, people are beating up Black Bolt, and they're just like, you don't dare say anything, and then, you know, sometimes he doesn't, because he's too crazy, and sometimes he'll just be like, you know, die, and then, like, their head explodes forever. (laughs) (laughs) Down she goes. Down she goes. Explodes forever. It doesn't regenerate how it usually should. Yeah. A lot of comic book characters that does not a deal breaker if your head explodes. Yeah, you can just come back next episode. Yeah. Oh, God didn't want me. Yeah, they. Yep. <laughs> because we talk about only Dune on this show. There was a there was a yeah. comic where um, there was a funeral for a superhero, and people were mad at one of the characters for not being upset that this guy is dead. And, like, at the funeral, he goes, why is everyone crying? He'll be back in, like, year. (laughs) (laughs) I just read some X-Men comic where somebody says something like, death isn't as permanent as it used to be, or something like that. Oh, man, they're winking at the audience hard now. They're breaking the fourth wall. Breaking the fourth wall like Deadpool does. Mm, Hey, that guy's pretty wild. You don't know what he's going to say next. Yeah, he's out of control. Yeah. I don't care who you are. What he says, it's just funny. Yeah. Amer- Americans love Ryan Reynolds. He's the number one comedian. He's a funny guy. And and he overcame a lot. I mean, because that guy is not attractive. No, yeah, exactly. Tough to look at, man. Yeah. So one of the things they left out, because this is almost over with, uh, 
They leave out the just. <laughs> Jeff's like it's almost done. <laughs> no, I just I just said that because I'm on my last page. Uh, they leave. Oh, well, that's, yeah. uh, so Paul, is it? Sorry, is it, I keep hearing tapping. What is that? Oops, sorry. It was oh, probably me. The drums. Right. Yeah. He's playing the octagonal <laughs> drums. Uh, so so Paul kills Sting, and uh, there's another voiceover saying everything that good. Paul or everything good the let's edit that out. Uh, <laughs> leave it in. Every everything Natural. nice that Paul does where it's like if there's war, he'll bring peace. If there's hate, he'll bring love. And it makes him seem like everything is at peace and wonderful except like I I might have said before like Paul is responsible for killing killing trillions of people throughout the galaxy but they kind of leave that out again i think to kind of make him a hero do they well here let me get into full film crit mode which i don't know what that means exactly but i mean wouldn't that be kind of like your classic like propagandist like you know indian where i mean you know like you know the americas would put out something right now and say like you know donald trump is responsible for the most freedom in the middle east ever or whatever all that kind of stuff so could this movie not be kind of like a revisionist history written by the atreides clan to portray paul as this like noble uh you know liberating hero when in fact he was a member of the the colonial oppressors to begin Um, with there is actually a part in the book where his father is this very beloved character and he everybody loves him and he tells his son like the reason why everyone loves me is because i have a i have like a propaganda core that spreads (laughs) all this information out and yeah they don't go into that in the movie yeah, they don't go into the whole. Uh, everybody loves me because I I basically tell them to love me. Yeah, if there's anything I learned from uh, this recent, uh, you know, very intellectual book that I read and Jeff and I were talking about, it's that if there's a uh, intergalactic empire that controls a planet for mining, mm. maybe they're not nice. Yeah, generally, no. Yeah. Yeah. Not good people. Mm, no. But that's why you gotta chop off their heads with swords. Swords. You gotta come at them or, with swords. Or just yell at them loud enough so they blow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Use the Paul method and just um, explode them. There is a part that we completely left out of this entire discussion where the Fremen are keeping large amounts of water underground. Um, and the point of that was to terraform yeah. the planet into. Um, I described it as more Earth-like, with flowing oceans and making it not a desert planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so at the end, when Paul is like, he's the Kwisatz Tatarak, this all-powerful being, um, he makes it rain somehow. <laughs> and, and Makes turns, it rain. Uh, somehow there's instantly oceans. And they don't really explain how this happens instantly. Like, he's suddenly a god now that can control the weather. Because he drank the uh, water of life. Yeah, the rain. He drank the rain. Lemon HDZ. Exactly. Um, 
what what uh, I think Howard said earlier that um, that the Harkonnens reminded him of uh, John C. Riley's badly redhead John C. Riley's. I'm I'm looking back at them and I'm kind of wondering what was going on. But I wrote <laughs> just at one line just says a bunch of ginger John C. Riley's. There we go. uh, There there definitely was uh, a contention of John C. Riley types, and there was a contention of uh, guys who did did look a lot like me, to the extent that when I was watching this movie, somebody walked in, and they looked at Paul's father, looked at me, and said, you guys look a lot alike. And I said, Oh, that's fun. Disagree. And off, off that person (laughs) went uh, on their merry way. Uh, Probably never (laughs) return. Uh, But that's fine. Yes. And, um, yeah, I thought that was, uh, there's definitely, you know, kind of a interesting because the darker complexioned people were the good guys in this one. Yeah, exactly. You don't get that a lot of times. Well, except Paul, he's pretty fucking white. Well, but you know, he's kind of the special one. He's the ugly duckling. Yeah. He gets, he gets dusky by the end. uh, He's the velveteen rabbit yes yes um i i also uh would like to talk about the hunter seeker briefly if we have time for that oh yes yes so i was i was excited only because there's a thrash metal song called hunter seeker and i was like that's a cool word like expression i don't know what it means sounds kind of ridiculous and then i saw this and i yelled hunter seeker in the same metal book everyone check out the song hunter seeker by some metal band whose name i forget now do you know if this was from dune like it was inspired by dune you know what let me let me probably let's let me look it up and then i'll read the lyrics you have the ability and uh the band is called Warbringer. awesome yeah. Wow, that sounds hardcore. Yeah, all their all their songs are like about fighting people. Yeah, I was I was that about to sense. say most of the music I I look up that is related to Dune, I can picture people fighting dragons. Yeah. While listening to it. All right, this yeah, this yeah. seems like it might be. I'll, I'll I'll read the lyrics here. Hunter, seeker, a liar and deceiver hiding behind my sight. What is that sound from somewhere out there in the night? The darkness creeping in, it's watching from all sides. Cybernetic talons are reaching into my mind, nowhere to hide, hunter-seeker. So, cybernetic talons, that's pretty, uh, Dune, right? Very much so. Yeah. It makes sense. It's, uh... And uh, Dune has inspired so many countless artists to write different songs about it and this and that, right? So I'm very motivated to read Dune now, actually, because I I I enjoyed this movie enough that I thought I'd love to see what the story would be done by someone vaguely competent. Yeah, so I mean that's why we're excited. We're really excited about the new movie coming out next year. I think it's going to be uh, really interesting. I I've tried reading the book before when I was a kid, and I'd get up yeah. to the you know the pain box, and then I was just like, all right, that was exciting. Now it's just politics for thousands of pages. It does get yeah, it does get a little bit like that yeah. I mean, I was like twelve too, so it's a different time. Yeah, I sure. was saying yeah. that if I would recommend reading this book, I I said that. Um, 
and I shouldn't be saying this on a show talking about Dune, but oh boy, here look, we go. Look up the Wikipedia article about the first section of Dune and skip to book two, because really? the first the first it's divided into three books in Dune, and the first section of Dune is so much setup and so much explanation, and then when it gets to the second book. It speeds up so much, and they repeat so much from the first book that it's almost unnecessary to read the longest part of this book. Yeah, I hope that that's makes a sense. fair that's a, that's a fair suggestion. I mean, uh, I suggest people just to get through it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's um, yeah, no, that's not a terrible it's not a terrible suggestion. Yeah, I do too. I think you should read the book, yeah. but I'm saying if it. If it just gets overwhelming, it's just like... No. Sure, yeah. I want it to hurt. I, wa- I oh. want the pain, and I want the joy. So I'm reading the whole thing from page one to page Frank Herbert's great-grandson. Exactly. Who's yeah. coming out with another book soon. <laughs> Thank God. Yes. The legacy must continue. There's a lot that needs to be said still about the desert planet Arrakis. Huzzah! Is he off of it by now in the books? He must be. Who? I'm not even sure where 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 the new books are. Sorry, who who is off? The the Brian Herbert, Just, the son. Yeah, yeah. yeah, where is he by now? Um, no, they they do what uh, most things do, where they have no idea what to do with the story, so they do just do prequels. And just side stories and stuff. Yeah, but I okay. think they might be done, so I'm not sure. I've not read one of the yeah. newer books for a while. Well, there you go. Well, I'm trying to think of a good way to wrap this up. I don't have anything. Now well, we got some shout-outs to do. Uh, um, thanks for joining us there, Howard. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a delight and a pleasure. The uh, Uncle to Uncle uh, podcast continues every week. When does when does your podcast come out? Ah, to- oh, Jesus! Christ. Wednesdays, Tuesdays, uh, fucking Thursdays, dude. Thursdays, that's today. <laughs> yeah, oh. I, I came out. A new one came out today. Shit, I didn't uh, get to it again. Wait, it's I don't skip it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a suggestion. We, we've had better ones than this one, but I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. I got this new computer, so I'm still kind of like, uh, I was trying to get its sound qualities worked out while I was recording it because I oh. got home, like opened up the computer, download, you know, got it set up and then yeah. was like downloading shit while I was recording. So listen to the week before this last one. Uh, the newest one's okay. Uh, yeah, it's called Uncle to Uncle, and we're we are along with you guys on the beautiful Buzzcast Network. So, yes, that's right. But shout outs to Buzzcast. Yeah, thank you, Buzzcast. It's an honor. I've never been richer uh, in spirit in all my days since I've been on the Buzzcast Network. Uh, I guess that's about it. Listen to us. You can find me on Twitter if you don't know who I am already. Uh, that's your problem. Figure out who I am. Yeah, check out Uncle Howard's Twitter. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, don't listen to don't listen to the last show. <laughs> yeah, don't don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> don't find me on the internet. <laughs> Just let me die. I have vaping disease. Uh, yeah, Just let no, him die my, in peace. 
my Twitter name's Miata Guy for you. Uh, and yeah, listen to my podcast, please. It's fun. We're starting a Patreon pretty soon, and we're gonna do a new big ambitious project. Uh, uh, Franklin wanted to do limitless breaking it down by the minute so it's gonna be called minuteless and i i'll i'll let the cat out of the bag we got an extra hook we're gonna try various techniques to make ourselves smarter over the course of that podcast so we'll interesting take brain we'll you know do brain exercises all that kind of stuff who knows what'll happen it'll be oh, fun. that's cool that sounds or like fun disaster who knows oh, no. <laughs> i'm sure you guys will be on it so you can it's, it'll be your fault. I can't wait. Don't kill, don't, don't kill Franklin. Don't kill Franklin in some kind of weird. <laughs> I told him I was like, I want to try all this crazy stuff. I was like, oh I boy, get, I want to get in like an isolation tank. <laughs> so I want to do cryo freezing therapy. And he said, like, I don't oh, know if I'm up for leaving my house. <laughs> and I wow. said. I said, well, first of all, I said, it's my house, too. We live together. Yeah. Uh, and then I said, what if we just do it, like, two or three times over the course of the show? And he said, I might be into that. So, everyone, keep up the pressure on Franklin to go in an isolation tank. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, all, all right. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. If we get to be on, I would like to do our show breathing pure oxygen. Okay, yeah, we can definitely do that. Uh, Is that supposed to make I, you smarter? Yeah. I, I, I never intended for her guests to have to take part in. Yeah. You got to make them take, you got to make the guests do it too. Yeah, for well, sure. I, if, if they're up for it, I mean, I don't know how much Alpha Brain costs. I don't know if I can be buying everyone Alpha Brain and all that, but uh, you know, yeah, for sure. Uh, if you want to make yourself smarter, smarten yourselves up along with Minuteless, the yet to be released Limitless minute by minute breakdown podcast why would you listen to it i can't say uh, um, it's hey it's content baby we're making content yeah and also we're going to be making some uh, merchandise that should look cool because actually good artists will make it so hopefully sure. even if you don't really like the show you might like the art and you'll pay for it so keep an eye out yeah awesome jeff you got any shout outs Nah, I'm you good. good. Listen, listen to Uncle Tom. All right, cool. Listen All to right. Dune Boys. Yeah, listen to Dune Boys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. BRB, one last second. I got to get rid of these cats or they're going to ruin the show. And they might anyway, but I'm going to try. <clears throat> Come on. Hey, get out of here. Fuck you. Get out. Come on. Old Fufa! I see they've installed your hard plug already. Don't be angry, everyone gets one here. But this is not why we're here. We brought you a little cat, Fufa. You must care for it if you wish to live. A poison has been introduced into your body, Thufa Hawaz. By milking this, this smooth little cat body, you receive your antidote. It must be done each day. All I can see is an Atreides that I want to kill. Say, no, no. Thufa's a Harkonnen now, aren't you, Thufa? My duke.
I failed you. 